Can a marriage survive infidelity? We dig deep to explore this thorny question. Join me, Jean-Claude Chalmet, and founder of The Place Retreats and a featured columnist for The Times, with Amy Cooper and Louise Daniels, on The Place Retreats podcast. Search Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite Android app. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to your next episode. How are you doing? Um, I'm Amy. And I'm Louise. How are you doing, Lou? Um, I'm all right. I I am absolutely all right. Um, But uh, on Monday, obviously, uh, Boris uh, announced his roadmap for coming out of lockdown. And there's one bit of it that's making me really, really anxious. And I did mention it um, on my Instagram stories. Um, And it's the hugging people. Everybody all over social media, they're all saying that they (laughs) want to start, like they can't wait to hug everyone on on June the 21st. Um, You're not a hugger, are you? I don't want to hug people. And it's been one of the highlights. It's Honest to God, it's been something I've really liked about the pandemic is that we haven't been allowed to hug people when we see them and I'm I am a very affectionate person um but I the only people I want to hug um and as I say I was saying uh, the other day on Instagram about this the only people I want to hug are my children and Paul my husband you know um and I thought so, you were going to say and Dickie the dog and I no, thought Paul he's would really be smelly he's really old <laughs> and smelly I he really smells um so I don't really want to hug him but I will actually show him a bit of affection but you know uh, but you know so I, I'm happy to hug my children and I can't wait to hug my big children again that aren't at home yeah. um, and I want to hug Paul and so I've introduced um I sort of did a public service announcement for people that know me in real life that I've introduced the vagina rule which is basically people uh, you know people People in my circle, they know that I, you know, that I love them, um, but I don't. To avoid that unnecessary hugging, my vagina rule is: um, unless you've come out of my vagina or you're someone that I allow into it, I, I don't want to hug you. Um, you know, simples. It's so simple. It's the vagina. Do you know what, rule. Louise? If yeah. we had more time, we could really unpack this, couldn't we? <laughs> we could really like what. Yeah, what what is the what is it about personal space being invaded um, I don't know. that you? Yeah, it's I don't an interesting know. one, isn't it? 
I know. I just really don't like it. And I don't, it's relentless, isn't it? With people hugging and kissing, you know, the two, two you know, do you do one yeah. kiss or two kisses? Listen, and eat like, and people said, oh, well, what about, what about the elbow bashing? No, fuck off. That's, you know, really fucking awkward <laughs> as well. It's really all uncomfortable. And I don't yeah. want people making it an issue either. I don't want people going, oh, you know, oh, Louise, you don't want to hug or, or sort of hovering with that sort of, does she, will I, won't I? Do I want to hug her? Let's just get it out there. I don't want to hug you. I don't want to kiss you unless, you know, stick to the vagina rule. And yeah, I don't think vagi- I need if, to if explain doubt, that twice. It's simple. If in doubt, yeah. consult the vagina rule. Consult um, my vagina, I don't think basically. Be- <laughs> There's not going to be any grey area about that. No, there's no um, grey areas on my vagina. My vagina. No, <laughs> you're quite right, Amy. I have had some friends getting in touch though with sort of filthy suggestions for you know how they could circumnavigate my vagina wall. But you know, I mean, really filthy. But I mean, that's why they're my friends because um, you know I love a bit of filth. But um, oh, anyway, how are you, uh, Amy? How, uh, you know, I'm you, okay. Yeah. Um, you um, you're still you're doing lots of gigs online, aren't you, at the moment? So yeah, I'm in this I'm in this position where I'm kind of like, you know, I I I sort of I have this internal dialogue of, well, I will continue to do online gigs because I think what's happened with this pandemic is that especially everyone who, I, I I say this to everybody who's sort of like a parent and have got children at home, your life has shrunk and you've reduced and your only role is to facilitate that homeschooling and, you know, if you're working as well and trying to juggle that. Um, And so I audaciously call my um, comedy gig, where I get approximately £35 um, (laughs) after a whip round, um, as work. And it's something that's part of my identity, so I don't want to lose that. But the reality is when I do two or three um, sort of gigs, uh, even if it's on on the laptop, which is a lot easier than going into London, I've said that before. Um, And so... uh, yeah, but but I do, the wheels come off and I get a bit frazzled and I get a bit mm. tired because I'm quite wired after it. Um, but yeah, it, this is all sort of a first world luxury problem sort of complaining. You don't have but to apologise for it. No, no. <laughs> I'm so, British. Yeah. I'm British and I will apologise <laughs> for being a nuisance in everyone's ear holes about my, you know, like terrible life. I think <laughs> the 8th of March is a bit of a, a line in the sand and they're apparently going back. Let's oh, see geez. what happens happens if they do go back well it's the first um, thing but Nothing, that cannot be stalled by anything it is happening on the 8th of march amy you it is absolutely I mean, you know it's listen, happening louise you shared something uh the other day and it was a, a nine minute video of uh I, i'm so sorry i can't remember oh, mammalogist yeah yes. god she's bloody good and, and uh, i thought yeah, and we're talking about instagram here people just uh actually quickly amy we could cra- perhaps get our numbers up quickly um they can find us on instagram i'm at louise daniels official and what are you amy uh, Amy Koo performs. Yeah, um, uh, I mean the links like in our in our show notes, but you know, yeah, um, but yeah, go on. Mumologist on Instagram is yeah, she's fantastic. I, I just I just mm. thought, oh god, that's so true. You know, everybody's mm. sort of like, uh, oh, twenty first of June, let's get the 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 party books, let's get the alcohol in, and let's all uh, um, even on Newsnight or Peston or something. We were watching it the other night, and all the graphs that they bring out, and it was all about, um, you know, we're going to all go and get pissed on the 21st of June. Well, I've been sober for three years and the fact that I'm not inhaling meth yeah. off the kitchen worktop <laughs> at this stage is, is, a, is a result, to be honest. Um, but I, I thought that's really interesting what she said uh, to credit the mammologist that we 
that is a deferring tactic. It's a thing that we do to not sit in this moment, which is this, as she said, like a defrosting, a thawing, a processing, because we've all been like clenched, um, mm-hmm. our sphincters clenched, you know, <laughs> like about everything and this trauma. And, you know, uh, you could roll your eyes and I know my mom, oh, my gran. Anybody who follows me on Instagram, follow for my 85 grandmother, Marion. Uh, you know, she's just so, you know, died in the wood, sort of um, uh, died in the wool, sort of northern working class, but she's Tory. And so any the government have not put a step wrong. You can't talk to her about that. And, um, you know, in my day, we would have taken the the washing down to the stream and, and run it over a rock, you know. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, uh, I, I think, but I think that it's really important to just sit in and just process what the fuck has actually just happened. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because if you don't do that, I think you're going to run headlong into some, you know, some really, you just push that down and just keep going for the, you know, I, I think there's going to be some decompressing is what yeah. I'm saying. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, uh, on that happy note, um, yeah, listen, we can all uh, put, we can all just get our hot water bottles, maybe, you know, try and get some time off work on the 8th of March, get the kids back to school, then try and get some annual leave and and just go and, and lay under a duvet for at least... What do you reckon? Three well, days? Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. As you know, it hasn't affected me because I've just got the uh, almost sixteen-year-old who's um, pretty just gets on with it. But um, you know, I just think, I just think, you know, all you lot that have done homeschooling, you just do what the fuck you like for like as long as you like, really. Once those kids yeah. are back at school, like you have my blessing. So that's what I'll do. Thank you. And <clears throat> yeah. that will be in in the court of law. My yeah. defence lawyer will yeah. bring up uh, this as Exhibit A, <laughs> the uh, permission to do whatever I want. Absolutely. Anyway, today we've got a really, really lovely episode. Uh, we've got two guests, two. Annabelle Rivkin and Emily McMeekin. Um, and they founded The Middle in 2016 as basically an antidote to everything else that's out there for grown-up women. Um, you know, a mixture of conversation and information. Um, I'm sure that there's a Venn diagram, isn't there, of our listeners and their listeners. Hopefully, you know, like if you, yeah. if you don't know them, go go and um, find them. They're both journalists. They're really good friends since school. And part um, of the Middle Empire is their podcast. And that podcast is called I'm Absolutely Fine, um, which is how we discovered them. And um, they've written a book of the same title. And it's a manual for imperfect women. And our chat with Annabelle and Emily is coming up. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Annabelle and Emily, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, we came across you uh, through your podcast, I'm Absolutely Fine, which is just a brilliant title and so relatable. Um, and you have a book of the same name and also a website. Uh, can you give us, if it's not too wanky, a question, like your elevator pitch, like a, a summary of the middle empire? I can't believe you're asking us to be succinct after a year in lockdown. <laughs> I mean, I'm tempted, I'm tempted to say, I'm tempted to say no. <laughs> I don't blame you. What happens then? Um, we wondered why no one was talking to us the way that we talked to each other. And um, everything seemed to have been put through a really sort of peculiar filter. And so really the mid-alt came about as a counter proposal to all the pelvic floor squeezing and sort of Argus centric Mm. oppressive worthiness that was all around it. It was a challenge, it was a connector. Um, And we realized that there seemed to be um, an expectation that once you go into your 30s, 40s, 50s, that there would be a sort of numbing, a dumbing down of feeling. And we found that the opposite was happening. We were feeling all of the feelings all of the time. And Mm. it was this particular sort of pinch point where, this is a bit wanky, but someone told me, I didn't even read it, but someone told me that Simone de Beauvoir described it as a time in your life when you coincide with yourself. And it seemed to us that that was happening just as uh, we were becoming invisible to everybody Mm. else. And we also, but really it grew out of friendship because we love each other and we wanted to do something together. So we knew we wanted to do something together before we knew what we wanted to do. So how did you guys meet? So, well, Annabelle was in the year above me at school, which is one of those things where, um, so I I knew who she was, but of course she didn't know who I was because, you know, who who remembers No, that's the hierarchy. Exactly, literally. (laughs) Um, And then- But that also was interesting when it came to launching the middle, because we realized that what everyone was doing was sort of, getting, was, was sort of looking downwards in terms of age. And they were desperate to know what, um, you know, everybody, what, what teenagers thought. And teenagers are great, but you know, they live on their own little island. And once mm-hmm. you get to 20, you're off the island, you've got no access to the island. Well, you have now really through Instagram and TikTok, but you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not that interested in the island. But no. we remember being at school and thinking, as Emily says, we didn't, you know, if you were, if you were 12, you didn't care what the nine-year-olds were doing. You cared what the 15-year-olds were doing. You were reading Just 17. And so now we find with the people that read the book, listen to the podcast and, you know, follow us on Instagram in any way, a lot of them are sort of 25 to 30 and going, thank Mm. God someone's being honest about what's in the post. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Em. Yes, we were at school. She was the year below me. And I sort of knew I love that. Uh, Because the the high school is kicking in there where like the the year seven girl just, (laughs) uh, the the older girls are talking. No, but that is so true. And actually, I was just going to say to relate it to us, um, I look up to Louise so much because she is that sort of next stage ahead of me. So if she's having like issues with parenting, obviously, 
much older children than I've got, I'm kind of like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to save that bit of advice because I'm going to need that in about five years. I love it. Yeah. And I think that one of the big things for that is sort of breaking the conspiracy of silence around all of the all of the things that face Mm. us as grown up women, because if we don't talk about it exactly, how can anyone prepare for it? And also, if we don't talk about it, you know, amongst ourselves, then, you know, you sort of live in secret and shame which is just like which isn't going to help anyone one of the reasons that we lovingly syringed anything about children or parenthood out of everything that we do because there's lots of brilliant stuff that aggregates around that and and do it far better than we could um but also we didn't want it to matter if we had kids or not or if anyone else had kids or not because yeah. those conversations can be wonderful but also quite lazy we can sit here and talk about children and the schools going back and whatever it might be for hours but in a way there's no nutrition in that so you sort of leave with nothing so we wanted Mm. to strip that away so we could talk about women and identity and what's driving us mad or potentially could make us happy Um, and emily and i after you know, however many years, 10 years or whatever, re-met um, on the desk of a newspaper magazine where we were both working. And it was quite a traumatic environment. And um, so we just clung to each other like life rafts, really, um, and fell in love, didn't we? Emma? Yeah, absolutely. And it was a quite a difficult time in both our lives, uh, personally as well. And I think those transition periods, you know, like late 20s, early 30s, when there are so many societal expectations of how you should be living your yeah. life and everything. And um, and you're, so we were sort of quite, we were sort of doubly traumatized. Yeah, people were dying. We had addictions. We had all sorts of post-traumatic stress things going on, yeah. therapy, drugs. I mean, you know, you, you know, boyfriends, terrible breakups, um, nervous breakdowns. It was that time when life starts to hit you really hard so we just sort of held hands yes exactly so and 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 that in some way is sort of i suppose being the backdrop to to the way that we approach the middle i.e totally sort of transparently in terms of how we talk about how our feelings because that's how annabelle and i have talked about it for you know ever um yeah so yeah. and so it's it's a long time now yeah you know we emily and i had spent so long like every other woman that we now talk to hundreds and thousands of women through doing the middle thinking um, is it just me panicking? Is it gnawing on that? The brain worm of loneliness that says, is it just me? Is it just me? And then you look around and you see, you know, the egg freezing and the brain freezing and, and then mm. the terror and the tinder and the loneliness and the divorce and the panic and the raise and the rage and the, 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 the career crisis and the desire for reset. And, but then you also see the laughter and the erudition yeah. and the wisdom and the proficiency. And we have to remember that those things, you know, you can be a work in progress and a fucking masterpiece at the same time. <laughs> and so we want to appreciate that in everybody that we have contact with and in each other. Fabulous, fabulous. And I think the way the media presents, you know, especially in our 20s, there's such a there's such a sort of strong kind of narrative about, you know, you should be getting married and you should, you know, how to please your man, how to, you know, how to go from the from day to night clothes, how to, it's a sort of an illogical kind of, um, framing and constraint of how we should be as as women and how we need to live our lives and then exactly- yes emily and i got fixated on 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 you know how on on how to get from office to bar we're like you walk you walk from the office to the bar it's 
it's so insidious, isn't it? That they would access that through fashion, which is a genuine interest, but actually just tapping away there at how, you know, you, you need to look a certain way to fucking please who? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And then, of course, then you get to your 30s and you go, wait, hold on, where's the fucking fairy tale? Where? Yeah. Why don't I feel like this? Why isn't everything working out? And then you really struggle. And I really, you know, I had a really serious kind of... Um, uh, you know, uh, sort of episode where I kind of lost all control of myself and heard voices and was panicked and terrible anxiety attacks around um, when I was 38, 39, because I feel like you carry all these expectations around with you that you've yeah. been told about the way that you should be. And then when it doesn't work, look like that, you think, oh my God, what am I doing wrong? How am I wrong? I'm not good enough. Oh my God. And it filtered into everything. Yeah, you think, is it just me? And then you realise that it is almost never just you and mm. even though people are unique feelings aren't unique and they can they can hit you really hard you know good and bad and corrosive and funny this is the thing fucking funny yeah. so mm. that was the thing about the middle is that it had to be you know we knew we didn't want to be worthy but we knew we were going to be either feelingy or funny or both yeah yeah but either way organic because it just shines through so much this i mean how could you be anything else other than your honest uh, selves, you know, it's not like you're going to flick into another <laughs> mode when you've been speaking to each other like that for, for, you know, decades. Well, also everything that we write about and everything that we talk about comes from a conversation that we've had yeah. with a human. So, yeah. um, you know, we might we might jazz it up a bit for laughs, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but we're not actually making it up. I know. No. I, no. And, Don't and, need to. It's a rich scene exactly. to plunder. And I've literally, and Annabelle has had this too, had women, I had a woman walk, like cycle past me on the street and just go, how did you get into my head? And then cycle past. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, well, and it's such a relief when you come across, you know, things you know, like that, you know, like the tone of your um, podcast and your website and your Instagram feed um, is all spot on for me. Um, and I think I, I've sort of started trying to find that I have, I think things are changing a bit and there is a bit more of that going on, but actually still a lot of the stuff that, you know, mid, you know, midlife women are putting out there is still a bit twee and a bit just like doesn't mm, quite hit the mark for me. But I mean, your podcast does. Well, well, a lot of it do. feels quite Thank expected, you. doesn't it? Mm. It feels quite, you just sort of, you're sort of like, well, I, well, I knew that. Yeah. Um, and we were less interested in, you know, the big, enormous seismic events, divorce, menopause, bankruptcy, aging. I'm more interested in those little micro crossroads that you have to negotiate all through every day and how you can find that you'll feel like you're in an emotional pinball machine and they'll trigger you off in a direction that it's really hard to um, to come back from. And so it was literally how, you know, every day feels like an assault course to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Even I, sitting here in lockdown on my bed, you know. Yeah. I know. I can still I cause trouble for myself. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, but your yeah, your conversations are but you know brutally honest, and I think you know and like uh, uh, so uh, <laughs> a line that made me howl the other day. I think you'd had somebody. It was the episode called the Vagina Dialogues, <laughs> and Annabelle, you just sort of suddenly announced, uh, "Let's talk about discharge," and I almost spat my tea out, and and I just see. That there is that uh, it's very it's very honest and authentic, I suppose. And you know, uh, we were chatting before about sort of losing sponsors over over language and stuff. And you know, um, 
but I think it's really clear when somebody is trying to be like that and not, but but holding themselves back. And do you, do you know what I mean? So well, with uh, the vagina dialogues, um, and we had this wonderful Swedish gynecologist on who yes. says vulva. Yeah. And when someone says <laughs> vulva, said, yes, it makes you feel very safe, and you suddenly feel absurd <laughs> for feeling embarrassed or coy or shy. Which, yeah. by the way, Emily and I have been. You know, we were at school. You know, we used to talk about our bits, and then we yeah. talked about the princification and the disnification of vaginas and vulvas. So now little girls have sort of nunnies and twinkles and like, oh my God, what are we meant to know? What we know so little. We we, we, we may have had babies and we, we still know so little. So we had this lovely Swedish doctor on and I knew we had to talk about discharge and I don't really like yucky stuff. And I don't, I might, you know, I might, you know, I, I might swear a lot, but that stuff makes me nervous. So I think I just blurted it out. <laughs> Did you really psych I yourself I just went, discharge! It. <laughs> because it, it was such a powerful sentence that you and really she, and I remember out. her reply her reply was discharge is one of my favorite yes <laughs> brilliant perfect perfect brilliant. but do you ever out. do you ever feel the need either of you to sort of filter or rein yourself in I was going to ask was there ever time that was there ever time that you would have done and obviously you've answered that saying you know yes when you know like when you were younger and at school but the thing is when you take charge of your own destiny in other words when you just do something and you're not doing something as an employee or as a wife or a daughter or a mother or a girlfriend mm. or a colleague when you when emily and i got together and just thought right you know we'll just you know we'll run our own tiny tiny show then it makes means you're not answerable. So it means that yeah. you can do things according to your comfort level, which, by the way, changes minute to minute. You know, yeah, we are under no obligation thing, to be it? the same women that we were 10 years ago or even 10 minutes ago. So, you know, I might be happy to raw discharge one minute and then I won't want to say bosom the next <laughs> <one>. <laughs> You know, it's all swings and roundabouts, really. Sorry, can you say bosom again for me, darling? Uh, something else that I wanted to ask about women why do you think women you know grown-up women say sort of you know women sort of 35 into their 50s 60s they are different now to um the women to women of that age in previous generations why do you think that is what's influenced that or well I think it's really interesting one of our first strap lines for the middle was we are not our mothers for that precisely exactly as you said that the generations are so different I think that um, a lot of it has to do with us having been brought up in an analog world but then hit kind of work in as digital humans so if we've got our we can remember you know sitting on the sofa and running to going to the loo in the ad breaks so that you didn't miss any Beverly Hills 90210. But at the same time, you know, we also uh, have the Netflix habits of a, of a kind of, you know, millennial. So yeah. I think that that's the, um, I think that's a quite a crucial difference in terms of mm. uh, that our parents, our mothers didn't have that. And I think the other thing that's really important is the fact that we are talking in a way that we, that, that, that they never talked before. And I think it's something to do with a kind of a genuine feeling of sisterhood coming up where that we don't yeah. see other women as threats in a way yeah. that the generation of women before us. And I think mm. certainly at work, for example, coming up when we were in our 20s, there was sort of one woman at the top table. And, and, and you can see why that one woman struggled to mm. make room as well as also struggle to make room, but also struggle to 
find a way of making room. So there's a sort of tension going on there. Um, and I think that, you know, that's changed a lot. Annabelle, what do you yeah. think? <laughs> you really want to know. No, it's um, it's true. You know, it's like the idea was there wasn't enough pie to go round. You know, it was just there was one one seat at the table for one woman. And if another one was in the room, she was a direct threat to status. But also there's something specific about Generation X, I think. You know, we we um, we're, we're a sandwich generation. So we're in between millennials. The, you know, millennials now, the older millennials are in their early 40s and the boomers. And we're smaller and it's as the and rather overlooked and grew up through some quite difficult economic circumstances and socio-economic circumstances and it's as though we sort of it's as though the marketing people felt that we had somehow sort of got stoned and fallen asleep when Kurt Cobain died and then woken up 20 years later and suddenly it was all tenor lady <laughs> and sort of like you know cover your gray roots and and and, and we were very uncomfortable with that with this you know we wanted to rebrand the idea of middle age which starts at 35 even though everyone pretends it starts at 55 because it felt like a dress that didn't fit because it had been designed for our mothers and you know and and in in a way sometimes i think they were condemned to a blue rinse and a shirt waist a waster mm. at 35 whereas mm. we are allowed to self define mm. and so it there's become and so what we really embraced embraced um was an agnosticism around age whereby it's a mindset really yeah. um and so you know if you, you know you can you can do your pilates you can listen to gangster rap or you can do needlepoint and um and 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 you know and replace the oil in your agar you can do all of those mm. yeah yeah there yeah, are so course. many colors to the rainbow yeah. so it was it was self-definition rather than really allowing other people to decide who we were going to be and i think that our mothers didn't have that freedom no it's funny, isn't it? Because, you you know, you're so right. There's so many of the external factors. But as you're talking, I'm thinking about people that I know. I mean, I do know a few like people in their mid 30s. Um, and sometimes it is just an individual, the way that you are hardwired in your DNA. They've got a penny on, they're making house. They're be, you know, they're doing the stuff that you would have done if you were 35, 20 years ago. So sometimes it does just come down to that individual sort of personality, don't you think? I think it does, but I think also it's about acknowledgement. And so what we, mm. what we, what Emily and I do in everything that we do through work, but also what our generation do, which I don't think older generations were able to do without much more, you know, trouble, is to acknowledge the endless internal combustibility that we feel yeah. and to really without being self-indulgent although sometimes self-indulgence is quite fun rifle around in our emotional knicker drawers and see what's knocking about you know mm. um and shame is a problem for women it's a problem yeah. for older women you know but the thing about shame is is that it doesn't like light so if you shine mm. the light on it it shrivels away Mm. Um, and um, and that's what we've tried to do, really, because we've all been so crippled by it. You know, yeah. guilt is, you know, um, I created a problem and shame is I am the problem. Mm. It's a shitty way to live. And yeah. it's where Emily and I were, you know, boots on the ground when we first became great friends. Right. Dripping, with and it's it. it's exhausting to live like that as well, isn't it? I'm sure there's lots of our listeners who will be, you know, having those light bulb moments. Hopefully, that yeah, your listeners probably do on on your podcast as well. It's like, oh God, yeah, I I do do that. Yeah, why did I do that? Why did I say that? What's wrong with me? No wonder I'm so unlovable. Mm -hmm. You know, and on and on and on in this in our in a sort of internal echo chamber, and it's 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 just a it's just a horrible traumatic way to live. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I, no one speaks Can to I me like I speak to myself. 
you know, and I certainly yeah. wouldn't speak to anybody else oh. like that. So why do I do that? It's just, it's, it's terrible. And but also what we have, which our mothers don't have, and you can develop this, either you have it naturally or you get it through, you know, a hardship or when you've dug around enough in your own shame, is an ability to go, fuck it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. it. I can't be asked with this anymore. You know, and and just, you know, and, and, and that can sometimes come together with perspective that can happen maybe when you're in your 30s or 40s um, and, and form a kind of knowingness, you know, kind of wisdom, which is different from experience. I think as, yeah. as well, going back to your 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 sort of 35 year olds in pinnies and making and playing and making house, etc. I think that, you know, we were we were brought up to believe that we could do anything. And there's a. Um, yeah the idea that you know when we said or oh i'd like to be a nurse they said no you can be a doctor but without offering any sort of structural support for these sort of grand mm. yes. aspirations and i think that um i think that what younger generations have is an understanding that you can that you know that you can actually be who you want to be in a way without having the without without all those expectations somehow mm. it's sort of mm. been softened as we go as we go through it and that um, more value is placed on living a full life rather than achievement you know mm. yes yeah. because mm. you know we learned to our cost that sort of having it all meant doing it all <laughs> um, yes. and ending up yeah. you know sort of problematically shattered mm. Mm. yeah you know, really Can I ask you a question? Have you guys had therapy? Oh my God. I mean, 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to go one way or the other, I thought. I thought they're either, going, uh, you know, we are each other's therapy or you, yeah, have you, you, you have done the, um, you, you've pulled up the sleeves and done the, done uh, the work. The work in, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Therapy and group therapy. And then, you know, you're right. The, the way that Annabelle and I talk to each other has become, we basically have daily check ins every morning where we go. And it is micro, it's not. Like, it's not sort of, I feel existentially traumatized. It's, I swore at the toaster. I hate everybody in the house. I whatever. Yeah, you know. we actually treat how are you as a question. <laughs> and as a result, the people around us treat how are you as a question. I mean, Emily was at the school gates whenever, you know, we were allowed to be at the school gates and, and, and said someone, how are you? Um, and they said, um, I've just had a hysterectomy and I think my therapist might be a bit of a dick. It's like, oh, okay, morning. Because <laughs> people know that we're a sort of, you know, an, a, you know, an open portal yeah, to yeah. talking about anything that you want to talk about. Yeah, so way, that's how we yeah. learn about people. It's completely yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And it's no, really, it is brilliant. But um, I guess you could you could have a T-shirt on one day saying, just the weather, please. Let's just talk about the weather. I don't want to do a deep and meaningful well, I mean, today. I you just say not... that. But I mean, with lockdown, I find myself saying to someone the other day, um, I think my favourite pasta shape is probably a shell. And, and I like linguine, but you know you can keep the tagliatelle. And really thinking this was a perfectly reasonable conversation to have because now everything's got so micro and boring. I was yeah. having a conversation about like damp wood that wouldn't light in the fireplace. And then I had one with Emily the other day about loo brushes. And quite enjoying those really the boring, comforting conversations the about granular, the granular, the granular elements of life. Yeah. I think <laughs> that's been the other very sort of reductive thing about lockdown as well is the way that old things, old problems have come back. In demons. It's, yeah, old demons. I feel like, you know, because because we have so little context now for the way that we live our lives. Mm. We're so, um, and the, the, a lot of the, a lot of the ways we put ourselves together, you know, whether it's work or whatever, have shifted. So, 
you um so i've been particularly vulnerable to old stuff like niggling at me going do you remember when you did this or um mm. or do you remember this feeling or you know and i feel, feel that that's been very hard and i'm sure i'm not alone in 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 finding that that uh that lockdown has kind of brought old old uh, yeah. old wounds opened old mm. wounds does that make sense oh god that's so true emily i was washing up the other day and i had this uh feeling I just remember being about 19 and going out with a guy who was in his sort of early 40s. This is Overshare. Have we got the Overshare jingle, Paul? <laughs> um, and I remember how he used to wake me up by putting his dick in my face. He straddled my head. And this was a joke, right? It started off as a joke. And I was like, oh, you know, we're, 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 we're at the early stages. So I'm, uh, that's how I'm waking up now. And then as the relationship went on, I say relationship, it was about two months <laughs> Um, I was like, oh, no, don't fancy that this morning. Thank you. And he'd like ignore me that oh. day on the pager and be like, you're moody. You're mo and, and, and me think, I, I swear to God, I'm in my home. I'm 43 years old. I've got two kids. I'm washing up. And I drop the fucking plate in the sink and think, oh, my God. Like, like, I, what was that about? How did I let somebody get away? With, do you know what I mean? So you, you're right. You go down those corridors of um, what? What's that? Is that um, abuse, coercive control. control? I don't know. Yeah, and just think, fucking hell. Do you know what, Amy? That is so interesting because I think that I had exactly that thing. I was listening to um, FK Twigs, brilliant um, yes. podcast with um, Louis Theroux. Louis Theroux, and I was suddenly yeah. thinking back in the context. Of an, of an old relationship and thinking, oh my mm. goodness, exactly like you, like behavior is acceptable. And you do feel that full body fear that you did yeah. when you were 19 or 20 or however or old you were, but also as a, exactly as you said, now I'm 46 thinking, oh my goodness, have I, you know, obviously I've learned this lesson, but at the same time, it suddenly feels so close. And I think that's- And shameful, right? Really and just like that you let somebody get away with that. And, but, oh yeah, it's just, ugh. and then I'm like, I should use the dishwasher <laughs> rather than fucking washing up. <laughs> then I wouldn't be have these times to think about this. Someone wrote into the, um, we are the Agnants in the Saturday Telegraph magazine. Somebody, somebody wrote in with a problem saying, um, I broke up with a boyfriend, um, you know, five years ago. I've been happily with someone else for three years. I now realize that my ex-boyfriend was gaslighting me and it was it was a relationship you know involving coercive control and I don't know what to do I don't know how to process it I feel incredibly upset because I think the more people talk about this stuff write about this stuff are in dialogue about this stuff the more people have a sort of understanding of behaviors that they have encountered um, mm -hmm. and just because it was a long time ago doesn't mean that you don't need to heal and to work out, yes, you know, yeah. what that means to you in the context of your life and to work out that, you know, it was information about him and not information about you. Mm. But that opportunity yeah. to, um, which I think, you know, like your podcast certainly does and your your Instagram account as well, is that, opportun that opportunity to have those things normalised because they're being talked about and, and it just comes back to that that people going uh, like you were saying Emily, uh, Emily were you saying about somebody saying to you about how did you know what I was thinking and you know and I that's enormously valuable you know to to have your feelings normalized I I think you know well so. it's connection isn't it mm, mm. and without that we get into trouble yeah absolutely um, can we talk about female friendships um because 
I I can't remember. I know I read somewhere, and I can't remember where. One of you said something that I have always maintained, which is that women who don't have long-standing female friendships aren't to be trusted. Is that correct? Is that what sounds so judgmental and awful? I know. And I, I mean, I think that was me, and I would rephrase it. <laughs> yeah. And I would say, I would say, it's it's interesting when women don't have yeah. really old friends, and you know, it makes you wonder. Mm. Well, you see, I said it once and I was shot down on social media for saying it. But I I, and I've thought about it and thought about it. Um, and then today I read something by a psychologist who was talking about the new Sex and the City um, series that's going to come out minus um, Kim. Samantha. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she was talking about female friendships and saying that actually it's not unusual for women not to have long-standing female friends uh, and she sort of t- had a completely opposite opinion to mine but I kind of still stand by mine my experience is when I have met women who I I've, it's turned out I've been like yeah no I don't trust you uh you know they and uh, if they, if I meet rather, if I meet women and they haven't got uh, got sort of long-standing female friends, every time they have turned, they have turned out to be somebody that I, I don't think, trust. I, I think that um, I think if if I think about the people I know who 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 have you know have only got quite new friendships, then I think usually there's there's some unexplored trauma there. Yeah, mm. um, oh, and there's yeah. some there's some, been some very very disrupting things that have happened which have caused breakages. Mm. Um, because you know it's unlikely that you know you you know from when you, you know when you're 11 or whatever you just skip through life dumping people and being dumped. Usually, you know that, that, that stuff has got in the way. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, and also it's that skill of maintaining a friendship over decades. Because obviously, you, like you were saying before, you you know your lives do hit these. Um, speed bumps don't they and it's how everyone sort of deals with that also you do get into relationships where maybe you put all your eggs in that relationship basket and then you when that breaks down you look up and everyone's fucked off and you those skills to maintain those friendships if you don't have those skills how do you develop those skills and you're right I guess then you you know maybe you do give off that wave that obviously Louise is like a a detector with these things (laughs) uh you know you pick up that kind of um vibe what I think is really interesting is how is what it's like to make new friends when you're over 30 because mm. it happens more rarely. And when mm. it does happen, it's so romantic. Yeah, oh, it's so exciting. You know, you're not in a great big pool at university or, you know, or, you know, or, or hopping around from job to job, maybe in quite the same way or in a position to go to the pub every night. So when you do make close, close friends when you're in your 30s and 40s, it feels... Um, it feels like you're watching something flower. It's just re- it's just mm. wonderful. It's 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 mm. like it's a bit like falling in love. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's a lovely segue, actually, because even though we've you know, like you were saying before, there's there was there is obviously uh, that there are those darkness there's that there's that trauma and we all carry that rucksack of shit with us don't we it's, it's impossible not to. But you're, you're right. There is that all the joyful stuff and and the. Oh God, the, the 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 hilarity and the beauty of getting older. I mean, could, uh, what else have you noticed that uh, apart? You know, I guess you were saying before about the fuck it factor that you know you either have uh, genetically or maybe we gain that as we get older. What else have you noticed about getting well, being mature? That is is really fabulous. Um, I think that the laughter, as you say, 
Mm. I think that, you know, you, th- you, you think you laugh, you know, hy- hy- hysterically when you're a teenager. When you're older, you laugh. Everything Constantine is up at you and you laugh with <laughs> all the hilarity and desperation <laughs> of someone who's, you know, been lucky enough to be on this planet for a bit longer. Um, so, um, so I think that's, I think, I think that's a big part of it. Just the, just what would the, just your ability to find things deeply, deeply funny. Mm. Mm. Yeah, sick and wrong things as well, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. just like. <laughs> but I think as well, personally, I'm longing for the moment where I feel like I don't immediately look round for a more grown up person to answer the question that's been asked of me. I mean, I'm still in the phase where I'm driving the car and I'm thinking, holy fuck, I'm driving the car. (laughs) And I feel it's sort of the idea that I am responsible for anything is sort of, is sort of given the internal vortex sort of, you know, that goes on inside. It's sort of amazing. Mm. So yes, it's sort of like, how old do I have to be before I know if I have a clue about what's going on or how I'm going to feel about something? Yeah, it would be nice also if everyone could ease off saying that, you know, 60 is the new 40 or whatever. I mean, we, you know, you know, that we're the new grey and does it matter that we're not the new black? And we wrote something ages ago sort of saying, um, uh, maybe 40 is the new fuck off. Please. Please stop saying because anti, you know, because you talk about getting older, but anti-aging is such a mad and bad and dangerous and, oh. and, and dangerous phrase, and yeah. there's so much self-loathing woven, woven into that. Um, mm. So it's um, it's it's it can be disorientating to realise that you're 20 years older than you think you are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I do think there is. Uh, I, I find now if I if I on the very rare occasions that I can't scroll, you know, like uh, fast forward through adverts, if I see that, you know. Uh, here, here we go, burning the sponsorship bridge again. Um, like the Oil of You lay ads or like um, Defy, the seven, age, uh, say, eight, seven signs of aging. And I just think, oh God, that, that to me now rings so bullshitty because it's sort of like, what? why? Even seeing... Um, is it Eva Longaria who's there, like spraying in her her grey roots on 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 my news feed? You know, that's coming up um, on of, of sort of like, oh, and I think, well, shit, look how grey you are, but that's beautiful. That that colour is is lovely, but it is that thing of like we all just want to. I don't know. Is, is yeah, well, still, I've got a theory. Hangover? I've got a theory which is that grey roots. Well, grey hair is beautiful, but grey roots make you look deranged. Yeah. <laughs> there are various things that make you Come deranged on. when you're over 35. Um, uh, ripped tights make you look deranged. Yeah. Um, chip nail varnish makes you look deranged. You know, uh, smudge mascara makes you look... All those things that are so sort of cute and adorable to start becoming like, oh my God, that woman is unhinged. But also, don't you hate it when it's like, um, the headlines are like, 50 and still amazing. Yeah. And you think, yeah. fucking hell, thanks. I we mean, know she's... that a man must have written that, surely. I mean, if you... <laughs> Right. I mean, and, and even going back to our glib point that we we're making about losing sponsorship deals, I think it's really interesting because if there were more, if there was more diversity around those boardroom tables making those decisions about where that money went, then the, the, it, there would be people going, well, no, surely this is this is where we need to be because, you know, uh, yeah, it, it's it's astounding. I feel like I feel like there is a bit of a sea change. Well, I mean, listen, women age, if, if, you, if you're talking, you know, marketing, women age 35 to 55 are a financial superpower and Mm. also if you go online you buy a pair of I don't know Adidas Stan Smiths or whatever it might be jeans you know um, then you could be buying them for you your daughter your mother you know we're we're a portal to cross-generational spend Um, Mm. and yet um, people get people are very obsessed with 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 Gen Z 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Can I just ask you very quickly on that sort of topic? You know, uh, when we were talking earlier about the fact that you know we, you know, we've got we we've evolved, and so we're you know we're on Instagram and we're you know having those sort of wider conversations, and that's all great. But what do you think about TikTok? I, I think anyone over twenty five should not be there. I'm oh, Emily strong. loves TikTok. Go, Emily. Oh, <laughs> so sorry, I'm obsessed with TikTok. Really, current. Current things that I'm obsessed with are Sylvanian drama account. So if you ever need to do it, which is basically terrible. So it's gossip girl type situations, but with or sex in the city situations, but done with Sylvanian um, creatures. It's absolutely brilliant. But where is this on TikTok? Yeah, on TikTok. So I think it's a, I think, yeah. So right now on TikTok, there's feuds between two cults, Hamster Cult and the Lana Del Rey cult. Lana Del Rey is very normal it's just the lana del rey fans who are just like we love lana del rey and somebody just for no reason whatsoever decided that hamsters were better than lana del rey and has started a cult and all you have to do is change your profile pic to a particular picture of a of a hamster in order to define yourself and then you go around saying i love hamsters and honestly it's bigger than lana del rey (laughs) (laughs) honestly i think it's it's so great Actually, I'm so I so love it because it's such a good antidote counter proposal to the kind of insta the chilliness of Instagram now, where oh. you feel like um, there is such a kind of pressure of some kind of even the ones that are writing about being a mess are not really a mess, mm. and um, TikTok is a mess, and that is and it is terrifying when you first go on it. You think, oh my god, no! But actually. Um, I've, just get I've, lost in the chaos. Just surrender to the chaos, Emily. Is that what you're telling us? Is that's that what, what I'm that's advising? Basically, that's what I'm advising. I'm advising everybody should do it. Well, Look up then, Sylvanian drama. If you're advising it, I'm I'm doing it then because because uh, oh, I trust you, that. You. So, <laughs> um, okay. Thank you. So I think we're sort of done now. But thank you so much uh, for being our guest today, Emily and Annabelle. Oh yeah, we love your podcast, your website, your Instagram feed. And we're going to stick all the links to all of that in our episode notes. Thank you so much for having us. It's been great. I've loved it. Thank you. It's been so nice to chat. Thank you. Bye, Louise. Bye, Amy. Bye, Amy. Bye, Louise. Bye. A podcast from producerpaul.co.uk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.